Welcome to Tabletop Dropouts. I'm George. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And today we're here to talk to you about a whole bunch of gaming stuff on this brand new podcast that we got going. Uh, Mike, you want to give them the rundown on what we're going to start off with? Yep. So that's going to put us into the news, which we just got the ninth edition Warhammer announcement. And we've had some time since the release to kind of get a few faction focuses, some rules that are going to be changing going in the ninth and, and kind of what's going to be the new you know state of the union i guess for for how that's going to go uh some people are hyped about it some people are not hyped about it so it just depends on where you sit in your camp um you know there's the faction focus where you need six fucking cp points to put a knight in your super heavy detachment. And as someone that recently acquired a Chaos Knight and wants two more, let me tell you how thrilled I am. <laughs> By the way, I'm very sarcastic, so apply that as you will. <laughs> I mean, just total. Like, why would you even do that? I mean, like, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I was, I'm just starting Admech, and I'm looking at it going, cool, they can have knights, and they can even get my awesome stratagems and canticles if I spend that CP, and now I'm like... Will I have any CPs left to spend? <laughs> Will you have, like, can I get a fucking command point? Like, yeah, you can take this knight, but you can't re-roll anything or deploy any uh, stratagems, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's, you know, the uh, morale change, which is basically going to benefit the, the swarm kind of yeah, horde army. Yeah, the, the changes to morale are, I think, really going to help, like, corn. I know you like playing corn, Mike. They're, you're a cultist of, of uh, your blob of cultists will suddenly get to stick around a lot longer than if I kill like five of them and, on, and then they go running and screaming into the night. They're expendable. I'm looking forward to seeing how that's actually fleshed out. Um, you know, I, I was being salty uh, a couple of seconds ago, but I do think it's important to remember that we don't really have the full picture of what ninth edition is going to be. We're getting snippets. You know, GW's a business. They're trying to drive their business um, by giving us snippets and getting people excited, but we do not have you know, the ninth edition rule book sit in front of us. So we don't know how it's going to fully play out. Um, and of course, you know, that's our disclaimer for everything that we talk about rules wise. Um, specifically though, for um, morale, again, I'm going to uh, pivot back to being salty because I have a ton of Night Lord stuff. And I have this crazy idea in my head of building a Night Lord's army with some Slanesh demons that just does the most it can to screw with morale. So I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, it doesn't work in eighth, and we can go into that later if we want to. But I was kind of hoping it would. Well, and that's work. that's actually something interesting <laughs> you bring up because um, you know whenever Age of Sigmar 2.0 launched, night haunts were the the new big thing, and right. one, they had all these things that that mess around with the morale rules in that game. And once we started getting updated battle tomes, you got more and more things that just didn't care about morale, which basically took the the night haunt. I'm going to penalize your morale out of the knees. Like I play um, Bone Reapers and I love the army, but the fact that they absolutely ignore morale means that if I ever play a, uh, a Night Haunt army, that three-fourths of their cool debuffs and buffs are gone. They get to keep their I don't care about Rin rule, but otherwise all their spookiness just doesn't matter. And right. there's two, it, it really, without seeing the full picture, even when the game first launches, we won't really know how effective some of these things are until we start getting the codexes right yeah and that's true and i mean you know especially with you know we mentioned units that don't care about stuff marines i mean it's a pretty marine heavy meta at least in the competitive scene um and here in jacksonville st augustine um and marines just really don't care about morale 
But hey, again, I'm positive. I'm excited for ninth. I know I'm being so, I've been salty, but I am excited for ninth edition. Can't wait to, you know, buy a new rule book and a bunch of new models afterwards in my, you know, post ninth drop glow i guess (laughs) (laughs) well actually that leads me into thing probably some of the rules that i am absolutely the most excited about which is that the terrain so Mm. terrain kind of for me i I like the the setting and i'm a big like fan of the lore of 40k um you know i'm a big fan of the battlefield having these kind of cool things and and sigmar kind of did a really cool job of doing that by basically making these terrain features for each faction that was free like you could just i have a skull altar of corn for my uh my corn army for Such sigmar cool model and it just you just drop this skull altar that makes it so that your guys are a little bit stronger there because it's like yeah oh shit there's a giant mountain of fucking skulls and there's an <laughs> altar there with a shitload of blood oh fuck that thing is super scary it should have a effect on the battlefield right and I like that finally, you know, 40K, they're taking a page out of Sigmar's book and saying, yes, terrain matters. This building matters. This, you know, this is different. This is kind of the thing that I, and I, and I we talked about this, Zach, was uh, we both have bloodthirsters mm-hmm. and we love the model. Yep. But they are not viable in eighth <laughs> at all. Um, and so kind of because they can get shot off the board, you know. So ninth is going to kind of fix that for me where I can now put a bloodthirster on the board. Yeah, you can put a bloodthirster behind, you know, five-inch tall terrain despite the fact that it's like, you know, a 13-inch tall model and hide it because it's obscuring. <laughs> Fantastic. As a corn player, I am thrilled. I can't wait. <laughs> so, <laughs> Honestly, and this this may surprise uh, some of the other Tau players out there, but I, I started off playing Tau, and I'm actually really glad that it's going to be harder to shoot armies off the board because one of the reasons I'm pivoting away from Tau is... The little bit I played in 8th edition with them, not having your opponent be able to engage with a third of the game, you know, oh, I, I delete your units before you even get to me because you can't hide those big guys, those big, cool, fun monster models that, you know, are great centerpieces for the army. Um, I'm glad to see them more on the table. Like, I just, it's a, it makes the game more experience, a more, a more cinematic experience. It makes it a, a, just feel cooler whenever it's not just a horde of little dudes who can who are just short enough to hide under yeah. you know the the whatever retaining wall you've set up as your your terrain. Um, yeah, I will say one of the rules that I'm super excited to see more of, and we haven't really seen much except from very small snippets, is the Crusader system, right. which is the narrative system. Like it looks like right. it's sort of like their Path to Glory from Age of Sigmar, yeah, yeah. but on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like the the small like oh hey my Space Marine has just gotten totally jacked up and now I can upgrade him into a Dreadnought because that's what actually happens in the lore. I love that idea. And I'm, most of what we've seen so far is seems to have been from a like Space Marine point of view. Yeah. And course. I'm I, and which makes sense. They're they're the poster boy faction. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, what your the opinion fuck of, ever. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. You know they are. <laughs> stop, stop, stop being grubby. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But uh, actually though, one of the things I'm really super excited to see is how they're what options they're gonna give them for give to like the other factions specifically the xenos which in my opinion in previous editions xenos get a little bit of a lip service like what's going on with the with the uh, the necrons for launch we know we we all know that it's going to fall right back to chaos versus imperium yeah lore wise because that's the big driver that's what most people want to play and then like you're you know you got your orc players and your necron players and your tau players kind of sitting back going yeah we got an army we're happy enough with that but 
I have a feeling Crusades a way to give those non-traditional armies a little more attention and a little more flavor beyond just being like, okay, here's Orktober where we only are going to release like four <laughs> four vehicles and, and that's you, it. You mean Orkvember. Uh, well. <laughs> As someone that worked in the game store during Orktober and had to deal with that <laughs> pillar of salt that came from the community when nothing dropped until November. What, what do you mean? I could pre-order in October. That's not, what <laughs> the, that's not the social contract. I, I, I will say that yeah, social contract, that's a great thing. <laughs> GW didn't say that anything would necessarily drop in October. So and, and I, if they I'm not mistaken, <laughs> they didn't even say October. That's like something that I, I never saw them actually call it October. I, all the pre, and I could be wrong. I could hundred percent be wrong, but I feel like all of the, the October stuff were like leaks on like Daka Daka and, that's probably true. um, uh, well, that's that's the main 40k forum that I've gone to. I can't yeah, and Bell Lussels and Bell Spiky Lussels. Bits. I, I kind of don't go to those sites because my browser dies every time. Just <laughs> ads, <laughs> fucking ads. Spiky Bits, man. Those guys crack me up so much. Like love the podcast, love Long War podcast, but yeah, sometimes guys like yeah. all right, <laughs> the fucking uh, ninth edition when we all woke up at like eight in the morning to go watch that that release and then it's like spiky bits is like look at this blocky image that we zoomed in on and and what is this and they circled it it's just like give it a rest i think i think we can definitely you know you know we'll have a segment later on called the salt mine um but i think that the r in warhammer generated so much salt (laughs) i didn't even think about that (laughs) didn't i post something about that yeah mike Mike sent me something i think you sent me a corrected logo too (laughs) i did i i think i cut it down the middle and it had an r like i sent it and i will say that yes gw should have like you know taken their taken their lumps over that one because like come the fuck on guys like really you don't you don't have a graphic designer that's not an intern and i mean even an intern should do better than that but i I feel like it's pretty funny that that is something that I do consistently see in the comment sections that, you know, I do read because I'm a sadist, um, well, masochist, excuse me. Um, people still bring that thing up and it's like, guys, come on, get over it. It's an R in a logo. Who cares? I'll give them a little bit of grace as somebody who works for, uh, you know, a major, very publicly facing company. Um, there are times that assets make it either into a video or on a website that maybe shouldn't have been there. And it's really a mistake of like, you know, something happened on the back end, something got, sure, you yeah. know, like yeah. a server loaded the wrong cache yeah. image well, or something like that. I mean, your- I think we all know that no process is perfect. So yeah. some mistakes maybe may happen. And, but even then, like, it's not the end of the world if the logo is not as aesthetically pleasing as... Yeah, I mean whoever's getting upset about a logo you need to get a fucking life yeah maybe i don't know find something i'd say get a hobby but clearly you have one (laughs) i mean but uh maybe treat it like a hobby kind of going into their you know their they they did a pre like they did show the indominus box and uh, yeah yeah i was actually about to say can we talk about how sexy that indominus box is even if you aren't a fan of marines as I glare at Mike, <laughs> <laughs> a guy who has two, three yeah, you have armies in yes, his fucking behind case. Us, yeah, yeah. Um, like all those models. Like I, I have traditionally been like I don't care about Marines, and now that box caused me to go and look at like Marines that were connected to Admech, and I found this really cool, the Steel Confessors, and I'm like, yes, this I'm gonna find a way to make those Marines work because the new models just look sick. And you know, when I now when I you know when I chat with you. Uh, 
when I send you messages uh, every time I type out Indominus to you because I did it the first time. It was it's in all caps. It just says like I can't like did you talk to Tucker, you know, the guy from, from Warhammer and basically say like uh, did you talk to him about Indominus? <laughs> like the huge like you know, it's like every time I talk about it, but uh, I'm excited about it because I had been kind of looking for a Xenos army to collect and Necrons were just not doing it for me. And yeah. then when they kind of brought out this new line. Oh yeah, the, the new re Necron redesign is is I nice. Think, uh, I think Necrons are doing it for everybody right yeah. now. Well, and you know what? I'm really happy to see them get a refresh because Necrons have some of the coolest lore. And I don't even care that it was reset. Their lore is fucking awesome, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I was super close to starting a Necron army and when in, I, I'll say that when Indominus was teased, I decided not to do a Necron army just because of how many new Necron armies there's going to be oh, yeah. in two months, which is cool. I mean, again, it's a faction that deserves some love. I hope that they're overpowered as shit as a Chaos player and I have to deal with them, you know, on the competitive circuit for six months until they get nerfed, just like we all had to deal with Iron Hands a couple of months ago. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see them get some love. I still fucking hate Iron Hands. <laughs> the, uh, I yeah. mean, it's like the Iron Hands for you are like the fists for me. I just can't. I still this. hate the Imperial Fist too. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky I haven't had to play those. So you know, well, actually, no, I did play. I did play against Iron uh, Iron Hands once, um, but I was playing Tile, so I, I was just like, no, I'm just shooting you. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Not much game here. Just shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, the Necron, especially like the the new Destroyer models, the, Dude, the sick. Oh, and, thick and that weird too. tripod thing, or not tripod, because I think it actually has four yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the weird of the spindly things. Looking, oh, dude, the war the of the thing worlds looking thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. No, that um, <laughs> I uh, I think my initial thought on that was if we're talking about the same, like the tall guy, that yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. he's the Walker from War of the Worlds. Um, that is an awesome model that looks like it will be horrifying to assemble. I, I see, but yeah. that's it's okay because I'm not playing Necrons. I don't yeah, gotta, yeah, exactly. gotta think about that. More power to you. Yeah, and I, I got you know sausage fingers, and I always tend to get like fucking zap a gap glue all over them so for me that would be awful like i had a hard time assembling assembling fabius bile and that's one of like the easiest kits of all time oh, so wait, did you end up getting a bile? I do, dude yeah right. yeah i got fabius and we'll uh, talk about that in yeah, hell progress. Yeah. Fuck yeah yeah he's on the list so that's kind of what we had to talk about for ninth i mean we're excited about it it's gonna be fun um you know we'll, we'll see what happens with absolutely it. uh it'll, it'll that's gonna lead us into kind of our Zach, this is Zach's more Zach's forte. Uh, state of the meta, unstate of the meta, unstate of the meta, unstate of the meta. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the you know the intent of this segment moving forward, once you know we're able to, is to have this be the actual state of the meta in regards more to like competitive play. Um, for some background on myself, um, I am relatively new to the competitive scene and actually going out and playing. However, um, I've been following it for a couple of years now, and you know just basically trying to find all those sweet net lists that I can bring to a casual game and stomp on somebody at the game store without them knowing. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, right now, obviously, you know, COVID-19 still going on. Um, and we also have a brand new edition coming out. So the state of the meta is no one has any idea what's going on. Obviously, we're still in eighth. And within that, you know, Space Marines are still king, in my opinion. Um, you know, you've got um, Imperial Fist, Iron Hands, Raven Guard, Sallies, Ultramarines, like they're all doing good. They've all got solid rules. That's not to say that, you know, other factions aren't doing well. I'm a diehard Chaos player. Um, and I, you know, one of the things I love about Chaos is that we have so many different builds that we can do. Obviously the Possessed Bomb is pretty <laughs> strong right now. Um, especially, you know, the Nurgle Possessed Bomb that you can get to a neg three to hit. 
However, that's going to change when we get to ninth edition because, as we've seen, there's um, you the, know, the, the you, stacking you can, limit yeah. rule. That that oh, thing's going to mess mess up those uh, stacking buffs. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that you know, for chaos, I don't think possessed are going away. And I think anyone that's saying stuff like, oh, well, now this list is invalid and all that, I think that's a little reactionary. Because like I said earlier, guys, you know, we don't actually know everything about Ninth Ed yet. Sure, is the, you know, neg three to hit going to be a thing anymore? No. But that doesn't mean that your possessed aren't going to be able to get, you know, supercharged up to where they can do, you know, six, I mean, not six, sorry, four damage a hit on sixes. Right. That's insane. Mike and I played a game, you know, which we'll talk about later right before this and with mike's possessed bomb he just blew away like two of my units by interrupting he got him fully charged and my guys were gone so yeah i mean overall state of the meta um i i don't think that we're gonna see like seismic changes going into ninth edition i mean clearly this is not a hard reset like eighth edition was going from seventh to eighth no one had any idea what was going on but now you know your your basic lists are still gonna work there's going to be tweaks and whatnot and you know compounded with covid we'll see where everything goes right like i'm really interested you know the big like big uh like you know the big tournament players that everybody knows that follows the scene like uh guys like you know jim vessel and richard siegler and stuff like that mark perry i'm really interested to see what they come up with because those guys you know their brains work in a completely different way so we'll see what they've been cooking on in this quarantine yeah, I think you really hit on a big thing that it's important to keep in mind is this is not the transition from 7th to 8th where they, yeah. they relaunch the rules entirely. This is feels a lot more like a refinement of what eight, what's working in 8th and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we were One of the rules we had talked about earlier was the whole towel overwatch thing, and I'm yeah. sure that's going to come back up in some other segments. But, you know, it's a fundamental core of their army. They're still going to have them play the same way. They're yeah. not suddenly going to become close combat experts or... Yeah. You know that would be hilarious, though. <laughs> I, I want to build a. I, I've, I've been. I want to build a, a Tau CC list somehow, but uh, it's never gonna happen. Dude, I would. I would be so thrilled if I saw like an all crew list or something like that. Or an, I, I don't think you can actually do it, but like an all Vespid list, like things that are just like so <laughs> off meta, um, that you just don't expect them. And I think that's really something to point out. Like, you know, for anyone that is considering you know, getting into competitive play or is a competitive player or hell, just you like to go to the game store or your buddy's house and, you know, play a beer and pretzels game. Like think up lists that are different. Don't just like go onto the internet and steal a list. And I say that as someone that goes onto the internet and steals lists pretty frequently, like, you know, like tweak shit, you know, come up with crazy stuff. That's how the next net list is designed. Well, I know I don't follow a ton of, um, of the competition mm-hmm. rules, but I remember reading something very specific about an admech player doing well at an ITC tournament because he showed up with a whole shit ton of dragoons and nobody was expecting it. Yeah. And it just, they didn't have the heart. Like everybody expects an Imperial Knight to be at mm-hmm. a tournament. You expect to see Knights. You expect to see certain things, uh, you know, trip tied for the tower. Yeah, yeah. But he just showed up with admech with a whole bunch of dragoons uh, and like, place like in the top three yeah yeah and you know one of the cool things about that is too because you know i've said i'm a competitive player and yeah do i enjoy winning hell yeah i do you know i'm a competitive guy but what i really enjoy about this hobby and this game is the social aspect of it i mean so one of the cool things is you come up with a list that no one's expecting at a tournament you know and maybe it's just like a 
an RTT with, you know, 20 dudes or whatever, or a smaller GT, people are going to come up to you and talk to you. And that's cool. Getting to have that, you know, hang out and interaction. So, yeah, <clears throat> I guess that's my piece on state of the meta. I mean, I just wanted to kind of branch off what you said about the, yeah. you know, the plus minus one, you know, to hit being capped there. That doesn't mean that just like you said, with the reactionary to possess bombs and viable, it's really not because you still have a lot of blessings that are going to increase your invuln save. It's going to increase, you know, your, there's other ways yeah. to strengthen your units Absolutely. beyond just stacking a negative one to hit. Well, and and so, the fact that so much of the core rules are staying the same, the fact that they said, Hey, your eighth edition codexes are valid in this new edition until we up, give them an updated one. The fact that all that is there very much means that the the meta or, or the these rules changes aren't going to be everybody's going to feel them the same, right? Like the stacking bonuses, all the other shit that the possessed can do, still there because we're still using the same oh, books. Yeah. We're still using you know the the psychic awakening books, the codexes. None of that's changing right now. Right. So yeah. the basic strategies are still there. It's just going to be. A little small tweaks to the yeah, rules. Yeah, you know, and that's I'm I'm happy you bring that up, um, because like you know I I have a list that has possessed in it for all of the chaos gods with the tacit exception of corn because I don't think corn possessed or worth anything. But uh, just Which my is opinion. surprising. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like corn uh, just cried hearing that. At, again, as a player who started with world leaders and whose one true love is world leaders, I am a sad panda because of where corn is at. But. No, I mean, like, I, I've got a list um, with Possessed in it, and I think my favorite one right now is the Zinch list. And so that doesn't rely... It's still Alpha Legion. And, I mean, I could play it as word bearers too. Anyhow, not to get too granular, but it's still Alpha Legion, so it gets its neg one to hit. Right. But then I start layering on top of that, where I up my invuln and I get a feel no pain from it. And I, I won't go into the specifics of it, but maybe that's where the meta goes, where we're not stacking one specific rules interaction we're layering across all the rules right. interactions so it's like i'm gonna make it difficult for you not just to hit me but also to wound me yeah i'm gonna to make it and then to survive contact because yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah and now this zinch list isn't exactly it the possessed like aren't like the full nuclear like the possessed bomb nurgle is yeah. it can do you know four I think I, I think I did the math, and if you if you're playing against an Imperium opponent and technically like roll perfectly, which I know is not real world, you can do something like 500 damage in one fight phase, or just something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. Which again, like I know that start cutting that in half, you know, and doing all your percentages and stuff. But I mean, still, it's ridiculous. Yeah, hilarious. I love it. I'd love to see somebody do like to kill a Imperator Titan in one round of combat with 20 possessed. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's not incurred of with a Smash Captain or, you know, anything like that. But, yeah. you know, it's still just, it's it's kind of this reactionary, they're going to break, you know, the, and we don't even know, and we haven't had any real tournaments, even since they announced that Ultramarines got to fuck with the Doctrine and everybody else had to progress through. No, maybe oh, we did right. have yeah. one. Yeah, it, they, it couldn't have been many because, like, right after they announced that, is I think when we started getting words about con closures, where all those major yeah, tournaments I mean, would happen. Like, yeah, see, that, that's the thing. The last major fact that we have, um, I, I think we should have had one in April, but didn't have one. And you know, scream at me in you know comments or emails if I'm wrong. But you know, COVID shut all that down, and so when we come back, you know, whenever it's safe to do so, um, 
you know, when we come back and we're able to have, you know, RTTs and GTs and majors and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Like it, it's going to be very interesting to see where everyone's at. Yeah. And I think, I think we're going to have like a wild West period and that's what I'm hoping for. That's what well, I want. Cause that's exciting to me. I it feel, is, you know? like, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of people doing weird theory crafting right now <laughs> and we're going to see weird wacky lists at the start of nine. And yeah. I, I hope so. It. Yeah. I hope so. I love it. I, I, I want to come up with, and again, you know, I'll reference my zines list because I, I think it's pretty off meta. Um, I, I hope I go to a RTT and either just get my ass handed to me or just completely sweep the thing. Yeah, know. just like everybody's like, what the hell was that? What is this? I don't yeah. understand. Like, I mean, it's got screamers in it and, you know, from which I have in the list mostly because I think they are awesome models. Oh, they are. I love like the concept of a shoal of demon rays swimming in the sky you know so and then i bring them to a comp list or whatever but you know like i, I hope that just takes people off guard and you know we get some interesting games out of it that um talking about how the impact of uh, going off mad this is not a 40k um discussion but this is a this is still tournament related um mike had organized an age of sigmar list or uh, tournament and i showed up with skaven which Generally speaking, competitive Age of Sigmar Skaven at the time, especially, was all Clan Pestilence. Like, right. you're going to be massive hordes. I showed up with nine models because um, I play I play Clan Scryer. I like the mad science. Um, cool. Yeah. I play second that tournament, and partially because people were like, "What? What do you mean? What? Where? Where? What's going on here? I don't understand. Your doom will is not dying. Your lightning cannon is blowing things off the board." And it was really not. I went in thinking I was going to get sweeped. I think it was. In some cases, some of the people I played against just didn't know what to do with the a Skaven or, or army that only had nine models at a thousand mm -hmm. points. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I've never. I think I took third at a Sigmar tournament once, and it was with Stormcast, which isn't really saying anything at all. Um, that, that your Stormcast is the Stormcast list. I'm thinking it is. It no. was just the. Remember when we ran? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tournament. A, yeah. Down yeah. In, uh, that was a fun little list though. Like you had a little, a little bit of everything. It was a little, a little toolbox. That was that was basically just the game store owner being like, "Thanks for letting that fourteen-year-old play with your corn army." Yeah. Like, Here's a <laughs> like you can join in if you want to because we need another guy. And I kind of threw a bunch of stormcast from the store stuff into a list, and it didn't do too bad. I mean, it was it was pretty fun. It just uh, you know. We uh, that was my first real exposure with a guy who plays a real medalist. Oh yeah, that that, that was, was uh, that was who took first, and it was uh, Seraphon. It was it was oh, pre man. pre nerfed Seraphon. Yeah, he, just he would just like charge turn one and almost deleted wiped you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I so. I forced him to go to the to the timer. Like I was like, nope, you're not board tabling me, and I actually kept him from having a breakaway lead for the whole tournament because I denied him victory points yeah, by playing that way. Well, it's a tournament. You play till the end. You play until you get tabled or until, like, you play until one of three three things happen. You get tabled, time runs out, or turn six. Or, like, yeah. I guess turn five. It's turn five in Sigmar. Okay, yeah. So, but, I don't play Sigmar. But God, Seraphon are so cool, man. They, those, are, those are sweet Shit. models. Talk like, about a faction that fell flat on its face, though. I expected more for that one. You know, and I had wondered about that because I never see him at the store. Well, you got tons of models and like they're cool. Well, they were they and, were like, super competitive whenever they were working off of the the general's handbook. But that mm. that everything everybody loved about them were their really broken uh, battalions. 
they gave them all these special rules and all those battalions got nerfed or removed so okay. a lot of the the oh i'm playing seraphon in competitive seemed to dry up a bit well yeah and then zinch came out with its you know update now it's the darling of the meta for sigmar is Zinch still it? Zinch is yeah. Zinch is basically the darling. Um, as you guys, as you listeners can tell, I'm not an AOS player. Every, I, I think I've bought four or five different armies over the last couple of years, and then have literally never played them, and have just sold them for more, you know, like berserkers. And, You're like, like I, need, I need more cards. And, yeah, I need, well, I mean, I think you know, getting into it. You I know. think I need a fourth Leviathan. I don't know why, but that's what I feel. <laughs> I'm gonna go with it. Um, they. Uh, you know, they're just, and then the Ozark Bone Reapers, obviously, yeah. are still pretty strong right now. Yeah, the Bone, bone Reapers, I, they're awesome. I mean, you know, I love playing my Bone Reapers, but some of the sub factions need to be nerfed or re- revised oh, because, mean, like, by the end of it, I said I'm no longer playing the guys who make all the saves better by one because it was just, it, it wasn't that I felt it was overpowered. It just became boring to play. Like, right. I still lost a good bit of my games playing with those guys uh, playing against uh, the Iron Jaw combined orc book the the, the new right. orc book those guys were still super tough to beat but it just became boring whereas like oh if I play the guys who explode when I kill them it gives it's more exciting rules interactions yeah. it's like boom yeah um, that's pretty much it for the meta though. yeah like yeah. Um, you know right now we don't have shit going on so uh, moving in Games played, obviously. I've played games with both of you, different systems. George, you and I played uh, Necromunda. Necromunda. (laughs) So uh, my Vansar gang faced off against your Palanites. Palanites. Excuse me, citizen. I believe you're doing something illegal and heretical. So if you do, if you res- if you resist arrest, I will be forced to introduce you to grenade launchers. Which is just kind of such a glaring you know, quote from Judge Dredd, like "I am the law" or something. Oh. <laughs> That's basically what it is. It's a bunch of Judge Dredds running around, yeah. just just kind of like, "Hey, uh, I saw you throw that cup on the ground, which is uh, punishable by me breaking your fucking kneecaps." So it's just crack. Man, like that that game was fun. We were it was our learning game, so like we. About halfway through, we finally felt like we had a, a good handle of the rules, but we blew so many rules at the beginning. But um, even then, man, Vensar hit like a truck. Like when you would connect with my guys with your horrible, horrible plasma, I literally thought you were going to table me. And then the morale swung back the other way at the very end. Like oh God, I mean, my 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 gang leader would not go down. You just no. you kept trying to hit him, and he just wouldn't go down. I got and him. That was end. just a lucky thing, but you ended up getting him. Yeah. But the funniest thing, and what I love about Necromunda more than 40K, <laughs> is just the comedy that you get from the circumstance. And it's like, so to give you an example, the final round, you know, George is playing his Palonites or whatever. And what'd you hit me with? Did you hit me with a, a grenade launcher? No, it was the, the concussion carbines, yeah, the, the, right. the special weapons for the basic patrolman. So this fucking carbine hits my champion, causes my champion to then fall. Three, three levels down off the yeah, tower. Yeah, a seven-inch drop on the table. Survives, right? Isn't taken out of action. Only to run in the bottle test. Yeah, that, that same turn. So the, the full sequence was my leader ran up and coup de your leader. Right. Then I forgot about that. The first concussion rifle guy popped up from being prone, shot you once, pushed you towards the edge. Then the second concussion rifle guy finished the job. <laughs> it was basically like horrible, horrible pinball where your 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 champion was just like, you know what, you know what, it's not worth it. So that and it just 
what a fun system it is to get started with. And I know that you and I had kind of started and we've got a couple other buddies that, that are, that are getting started too. And yeah. so that's kind of a, it's a nice break from 40 K in that, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I literally painted up my entire gang, including some backup patrolmen for whenever we expand right. in a night. Like I was just like, wow. I'm going to paint nine guys. Actually. Yeah. That's the way I did my Vansar too. I just hit them with that turbo dork and Dude, it was threw it together. Yeah, that that's a fun system, and you, good sir, need to play as well. So I do. I know. Decide yeah, a game. Mike, um, Mike's been talking to me about it for about two weeks now, and I've had some car issues, so I've had a, a little bit of oh, trouble I... getting down to the game store to actually buy. Um, what, what gang are you thinking about? So, I initially it was between Escher and Corpse Grinder. Okay. Um, Escher because it's kind of a departure from what I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, it and clearly they're not Eldar, but they kind of feel like a little bit more Eldari. Yeah, they, they, they seem to be the more mobile. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're, they're feminine, too. And Eldari are feminine, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, yeah, well, and, they're elves. Elves are yeah, typically, yeah, yeah. they're space elves. A little bit more, well, at least androgynous. Um, but, um, and then going, you know, fully into my comfort zone, which is Corpse Grinder. <laughs> so I had told Mike that... Um, that I was thinking Corpse Grinder, but I've kind of gone back a little bit on Escher. So I'm going to buy a Necromunda gang. It's going to happen. Well, I just need to like one, actually do it. One thing to keep in <laughs> mind is Eshers are the next one to get an update book, Ooh. which means new models, expanded rules. And as a power gamer, that appeals to yeah. me. Yeah, and we, as we all know... <laughs> I, can, I can take our wonderful narrative-focused Necromunda campaign and just min-max I'm like st- an asshole. I, I'm still going to shoot you with grenade launchers. I'll be fine. <laughs> no, I'll have like a three-up invul. I don't know if that's even a thing in Necromunda. I need so to it actually is. Yeah, so items items make a difference in that you can buy as much shit as you want and arm your guy to the teeth. Uh, Vansar gets armored body gloves Sweet. by yeah. basically by... Because they're a bunch of rich nerds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they just like, oh, I'm wearing an armored body glove. Uh, so they get an influence save uh, just for that, you know? I, so I really like the aesthetic of Delac, I guess is how it's pronounced. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Delacue, but apparently I'm a so like culture. better. I'm yeah. like to say Delacue. That's I thought I'd give so a shit. I'll, I'm nice going to say Delac French. because. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always heard Delac, so I guess that. I've just gone with it. I'm wrong. I really like the aesthetic of that, but so, I guess that another guy's playing. Yeah, the guy that's playing the guy that's playing Delac, he with green stuff sculpted little fedoras for all of them, so they look like <laughs> they look like the guys from Dark City. It's amazing. Like he, he actually, yeah, well, he, I, he I, I 100% cannot play Delac then because he has. <laughs> he, he just he, wrote, he took the bar out. and just tossed it eye up, and it's just done. It's gone. Yeah. And then we've got another guy that he's playing Cowdor, but he's just basically. You know, he's the guy in their Necromunda group chat that's basically like, yes, yes, fall to chaos. Yes, yes, fall. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy, whenever I was talking about expanding beyond Tau, he was like, well, you could play Chaos Space Marines. Well, you know, now that you <laughs> <laughs> actually, like, <laughs> you could play Chaos Space Marines in Necromunda. Ooh. Um, join us, George. Join us. Um, <laughs> no, but like, so I hopped on that list building site. It's not Battlescribe, because apparently Battlescribe is... Battlescribe has, but, is, is horrible or, for Necromunda. Yeah, There's like, I guess there. they oh don't God. even update it. Well, but, I think it's because the... Um, it's. Well, I'm trying to remember the name of the site, because it's the one that I used. If, yeah, Yak it's Tribe. Like, yeah. Yeti, Yak Tribe. Yeah, yeah they, I feel like they just... They, rushed and carved the market on Necromunda. Everybody looked over there and yeah. said, I, I, well, so anyhow, like I, I was to going to like build my list, to, like kind of figure out what I needed, you know, out of the box before I bought it. And this was probably a week ago. Um, but it popped up that I could play Gene Stiller Colt mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah. You and can. not to pivot too much back to 40 K, but Gene Stiller Colt, I think is one of the coolest 
armies in terms of aesthetic and lore. Whenever they and release, so ve- like maybe I'll do that and then not tell you guys and show up with it, even though we're recording about it right now. So. <laughs> well, you'll surprise the other. You could also play Chaos Cultists, like I, just Chaos Cultists, not yeah. And Corpse I've got Rider. you know, and as a dedicated chaos player i have somewhere in the neighborhood of way too many cultists so i've got the models like but i mean they're i don't know i think the cultist models are a little bit meh yeah of course i could always you know kit bash creative and kit bash yeah i definitely that that definitely falls under the line of uh some models that need to be refreshed i i that that might be a future segment just here's all the shit that gw needs to fix let's do it now (laughs) Well, I don't so, think we have enough time. It's a no, podcast in and yeah. of itself. Yeah, like this is. I think that's a that's a common problem about Necromunda. You start talking about it, but they did actually. I just read on Goonhammer, uh, they did a they have a bounty hunters mm-hmm. faction where you could just yeah. put together a bunch of bounty hunters, and that kind of lets you use those Forge World models that they've released, which they kind of talk about in that article. And if yeah. you're looking for a cool way to do some bounty hunter. You know, cool stuff. I definitely recommend. Goonhammer has definitely championed the Necromunda. Yeah, they you know. they had a lot. They whenever I was first as my on ramp into it, their articles were super helpful because yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, they were everybody was like, hey, we're gonna do Necromunda. I'm like, cool. I love the Palonite models. This game looks super complex because you know Age of Sigmar is super not streamlined. Yeah, yeah Age yeah. of Sigmar is so streamlined. I was looking at it going. This is a little intimidating. And then after reading a few articles and watching a few like uh, GMG, uh, yeah. Gorilla Miniatures, uh, his Let's Plays of Necromunda, I was like, oh no, I have a basic idea of how this works. I'm right. not confused yeah. anymore. Right. And Gamer's great kind of for everything. It is. Not and they're, I like, I love those guys. I mean, they just, they really took kind of, I've been reading the, you know, the Something Awful um, 40K thread for probably 10 years and I didn't jump into it. 40k until 8th but i just liked reading it especially when i was i was a broke college student and i was like there's no way i can afford to play this game right now so until i graduated and kind of said you know i have some money and i can spend it on this uh, i used to enjoy reading the battle reports and kind of learning the lore and and reading about some of the guys and like corrode and the chirurgeon and um some of the other guys that have just been part of that thread for so long finally branched out on their own and was, were able to change the the game and also kind of bring about a good community of, of, of really welcoming players. Right. So, you yeah. know, shout out to those guys. They're awesome. And if in goonhammer.com, you know, they're, they're great. Yeah. Uh, anybody who makes the uh, hobby more approachable, you know, absolutely. is, uh, Christine. Uh, Zach, you and I played a couple games. Um, I played so, against yeah. Imperial fists a couple weeks ago and got my teeth kicked in, uh, against my Raptors. Um, basically a, you know, got my teeth kicked in, shot off the board by turn two. I ended up going to your house to drop off, or no, to pick oh, up. Oh yeah, some. we did play that little game. And we played yeah. a little game of Raptors versus Night Lords, where you proceeded to face punch me. <laughs> I, into I believe thirty Night Lords in a one thousand, thirty Warp Talons in a one thousand point list. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty fun, but they were fully painted, so that's nice. No, they looked <laughs> great. I love it. Thank and, you. And um, and then the uh, we played today, and I brought um, the. You brought a Nurgle Possessed Bomb Alpha Legion list with uh, a Nurgle Battalion and a, uh, was it a Battalion of Thousand Sons? Battalion of Thousand of Duplicity. Sons. Cult yeah. of Duplicity. So in um, that list, as some would say, despite the fact that I have definitely played that exact same list before, so I'm not innocent. But here's the comedy option. What'd you bring? <laughs> 
So when I was doing list design, I thought that we were going to play a nice friendly game. Um, and this goes to a <laughs> <Nope>. bigger point. <laughs> this goes to a bigger point of managing expectations with the people that you play with. Maybe having that conversation and discussing what you're bringing. So Mike brings a pretty powerful net list, right? And I, I'm not maligning Mike because once again, I've played that same list and the possessed bomb is at the core of most of my competitive list. Anyhow, I wanted to get all my world leaders fully painted. Um, my big project that I can go into more during hobby progress was to kind of, you know, get them squared away as an army. So today I brought a chaos knight um, and a, in like a little, that auxiliary detachment thing. Um, and then I brought a battalion of world leaders, just your kind of basic rhino rush. Um, in that though, I did have three uh, blood slaughterers of corn, which is, they're like demon ticks from Forge World, one of my favorite models. So I brought a semi-strong yet fluffy list. Mike, do you want to go into how the do you want to go into how the game went, or would you like me to? Uh, basically, I got face fucked. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I was a bit surprised by my performance today. <laughs> so, so the thing about I've been playing 40k since eighth, um, and playing chaos armies for just a couple of months. Um, I was playing more of the Death Watch Imperium um, Space Marine meta, which started to get boring and i started looking at these models and liking the the more chaos side of it so i started reading kind of the the meta and falling in love with kind of i have a you know about two thousand points of iron warriors um another iron within iron without there brother. you go Welcome <laughs> uh, those guys. and then the uh some alpha legion some corn um uh, and then like i said you know kind of falling into that chaos variety fan um and Zach has been like kind of one of the guys that I play with that no matter what I bring to the table, he somehow finds a way to beat it. And so it's kind of fun for well, me. Well, it, let's preface this, Mike. By, well, not preface, but I want to insert that up until now, I have been playing strong competitive ITC lists against you. Right. So, and I wouldn't say that my list today was weak. I mean, I had some threats. Oh, I had Red Butchers in the list too, and they were kind of an issue. So, Well, right, but... The, the point is, is it's fun to, to kind of, especially with you, Zach, the, the, the relationship is I put this list together and then I try to bring it, right? And right. then you you try to mitigate it. And it's even better when you do it with a, with a smaller list because I'm a new player. And if you are a new player listening to this podcast, I'm just going to let you know, prepare to lose. Yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way the game goes. And if you're not going to be able to do that, um, then, you know, maybe 40K is not a game that you want to play in the sense of, of being a competitor. And, and, you know, to kind of caveat after that, and um, not to interrupt you, Mike, but I think that, you know, it's important to remember that 40K is an extremely complicated system. You know, um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of rules interaction to remember and all that good stuff. Um, and so losing isn't bad. What you want, you really want to find somebody... It's like your first time, <laughs> if that makes sense, that um, you want to find somebody that you can trust, you know, to have a good time with and teach you the rules in an understanding and loving environment. Uh, yeah, it's, And so it, it, it's okay to lose. Losing isn't bad. Losing is how you learn. Um, Mike stepped away for a second, but one of the big mistakes that he made today was with his 20 rubric man block, he didn't use a stratagem called Risen Rubrique, and he was going first, so it would have 
basically he would have been able to deep strike 20 rubric marines within rapid fire range of me and shoot him twice and that would have made the game difficult now as mike was deploying i was very aware of this stratagem because again i play thousand suns too and i've played his list and i have a decent hole on how it works i let mike deploy his marines after asking hey is there anything you want to do right now um and not explicitly calling it out and then letting him place it and then immediately telling him hey here's what i would have done right um was it a jerk move it could have been but i also want mike to learn you know and become a better player yeah so and if you're playing with people like that you know that's that's a good way to be and if you're not playing with people like that and you're trying to get better play with more people like that yeah yeah it's it's really important having um had some very uh negative experiences when i first got back into the hobby learning how to play age of sigmar um there were some people there was if you have someone who's just going to exploit your weaknesses because you're a new player to beat you that's not someone that's healthy to the hobby that's not someone that's healthy for your growth unless it somehow you're one of those people that is uh like my high school biology teacher uh his tactic was he would piss us off as students to inspire us to want to beat him to shove it in his face right <laughs> you know like right but that's not really an effective way to teach like being having someone that you can bounce you know have a, a basically for lack of a better term um a debrief after the game when you could talk about hey this is what you i think you maybe should have done here's something you forgot um it's important to make those mistakes so you don't want to be the the teacher or you don't want the, t the teacher who's going to play your army for you because right. you're not going to think about it that much but if afterwards if you turn after you do a turn say hey what do you think i should have done and there you have someone that's you know you're benefit you are lucky enough to have someone who can turn around and say oh you should have done this uh this is something you forgot maybe try to remember it next round i think that's a much stronger learning experience yeah yeah definitely and you know i, I think that that has to be volunteered from a good place and then also um i think the person receiving the advice needs to want to receive it uh you know i've said this mike to you before but like my number one pet peeve in the hobby um is when someone comes up to my table when i'm playing a game it's some not my opponent someone comes up and just starts like picking apart my list and telling me what i've done wrong and asking me why i didn't use this stratagem and why aren't you moving that disco lord over there blah 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 i don't want your running commentary okay hmm. even if i am losing the game by a lot i will ask you for your commentary now if it's my opponent that's fine i really don't mind that for i don't know whatever reasons just something on well it's because my head it's probably because they're already part of the experience yeah. like if you and i are playing a game back to that social construct or so, social contract thing yeah. i mentioned yesterday we already have that we're going to talk about the game because we're playing it yeah yeah like it but if mike wanders in and he's not been invited to give commentary it kind of creates one of those situations where it's like you might not know everything about my army for one thing so your your commentary it might right. be incorrect and you might not know what I'm trying to set up because, well, you're not a mind reader. Right. Um, so a lot of times there's commentary that's just wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I've gotten that before, especially playing, you know, Death Watch. Um, I showed up and I was actually playing with Zach and there was a guy giving running commentary and he's like, well, you don't even have any special ammunition to deal with, you know, vehicles. And I said, yeah, I do. It's a stratagem. No, it's not. Oh, What yeah. the fuck? It's right that. here yeah. in the fucking book. Yeah, that... And, you know, that's really annoying. Like, even if you think someone's making a mistake in the game that you're watching, who cares? Like, let them make a mistake, man. It's their game. Just watch. When I watch a game, like, 
I sit there and I'll put my hands behind my back, you know, and just try to be respectful and just, you know, try to learn from their experience. Now, if they ask me a question like, hey, what do you think? Then, yeah, I'll give you what I think, but I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you should have used Demon Forge there. Well, like, that's, that goes back to what I was like, saying. They, you, <laughs> at that point, they've invited you in. Yeah. Right. Like, don't don't assume you're invited in just because the game's happening in front no, of you. No, you know, and honestly, I think a best practice, especially if you don't know the people, and even if you do know the people, you know, at your local store, um, like, just ask them, hey, do you guys mind if I watch your game? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. some people, you know, aren't, you know, I tend to think of myself as an extrovert, so I'm very okay with other people being around, provided you're not pissing me off. <laughs> but, you know, some people, especially in our hobby, you know, because this, you know, hobby does tend towards people that are a little bit more like kind of on the nerd scale, myself included. I'm sorry, um, but if you're painting little miniatures and playing a tabletop game that takes an entire kitchen table, you're a fucking nerd. Yeah, we're all fucking nerds. Like, like I mean, nerds. and we're gonna we're gonna call everyone nerds that plays. But I mean, you know, that comes from a place of love. <laughs> but Obviously. like, I mean, people, you know, it. Not everyone's the same, right? You know, so be respectful of that. And it all goes back to social contract. Ah, goddamn, social <laughs> contracts. Like, understand that that social contract is in place, and you may not be party to that. You may not have signed mm-hmm. on the dotted line. If you don't know what a social contract is, by the way, go look it up. It'll help you out in life. But yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, and the thing is, too, is that finding and getting invited to play games, people have to like playing with you. And yeah. if you're going to sit and be one of those people that puts input in other people's games without being invited to do so, if you're a guy who throws a fit, you know, if you if you kind of show up and you don't and you're unprepared or, you know, you just keep <laughs> if I have to tell you and, and this is, you know, firmly from experience, but like I showed up with a guard army one time and I played another, you know, a guy who was getting into the hobby and, you know, I played when he had his death watch blood angels guard army as well, but he couldn't, you know, I, I played with him. If you're playing Imperial guard, you should probably know the profile of a last gun. I think is yeah. what Mike's trying to get at. Cause I think I know, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. so. I, I haven't heard this story, but I, I kind of, it's yeah, forming no, in my you head. Know you're, it's just, I get it, it's a it's a complicated hobby. There's a lot of numbers, but like if if you're playing fucking Space Marines, you should know what a bolt gun does. Like, right. I mean, and it's also at just, a basic level. I'm not trying to gatekeep. You know, it's just you know commit that stuff to memory or have flashcards. Have a, have or a quick reference. Like, yeah, or have just, a quick reference. Yeah, those are there for a reason. Use yeah. them. It's also just I I got twelve hits. Well, I'm looking at your dice, and you're forgetting that you took a minus one penalty for all your heavy weapons. So you didn't get 12 hits. You really got eight. So just, you know, try to try to keep in mind that just like with the social contract, know the rules. If you don't know something, ask. And, you know, just kind of go on with that. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the way that the relationship is, and, and that's how, that's how kind of you are is – You'll say, you know, hey, what did you do wrong there? And it's like, I forgot this. Or, and I'm totally a prime example of this. I showed up today to the game without Ritual of the Damned, right? I didn't have that book. I own the book, but I didn't have the book. And that made it difficult for people to, first of all, you need to be able to bring that so that way you can say, yes, this is what this does. Mm-hmm. Because you're expecting the other player to just take you at your word. And if I don't know you from Adam, I'm going to be like, no, nah, I need to see that stratagem because I don't, I don't know what Which it does. Which is a perfectly acceptable thing to do, especially on the tournament scene. If how many books are there out right now? Uh, Several dozen, well, yeah. like I mean, including codexes, chapter. Yeah, just, for, just for blah, blah, any blah, blah. one army, you're going to be referencing uh, at this point your own codex, yep. the core rule book, 
Vigilus and your Psychic Awakening book. So f per army, that's at least four books that could possibly be referenced, not counting any other like weird your white girl book chapter approved. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't even think about approved. chapter approved. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's just this. You have to really kind of. This is a a game that requires you to do your homework, and, and if you don't have that effort or time or ability to do that, then you know, kind of. Stick to the only war scenarios in the core rulebook. Well, and be upfront about it too. Like, if you come to me, if a, if another player comes to me and they say, "Look, I'm just learning. I don't know everything. It's going to take a little while," they were upfront about it. I agreed to the game about it. I really can't complain if they're taking their time to to do it. However, if they say, "Hey, I want to play," and they don't, they're not uh, upfront about it that they're this is a learning game for them. I'm probably going to get frustrated because I blocked out a certain amount of time to play. Yeah. And now we're going over. And I don't want to be the jerk who says, "Look, I'm I'm bailing. This this is not working," because we we have to block out time to play games, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that you know, and that's also I I think that kind of goes back to knowing yourself almost too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've kind of had to come to a reckoning with myself in the past six months, like because I like to think of myself as very open and everything, but I don't think that I'm a good person for you to learn 40k against. If you're relatively new, that's fine, you know, and I can tone down my list and stuff. I'm still going to play the list as hard as I can, but I can tone it down. But I, because I've done this before, you know, done teaching games and learning games and stuff. And I just feel like with someone that's like two or three games in, I'm not a good person to play against. Well, it, because it, you don't want to be playing my Soul Forged Pack, Flawless Host Disco Lords, and you've got like, you know some piddly what's the name fucking, of that get wrecked nerd yeah it's like get out of my fucking game store <laughs> no um and well, so like and i'll do that if i don't know just because that's kind of my personality and how i view the game so yeah. the game like i said it's different to everybody yeah. so anyhow speaking of you know get wrecked nerd um i did win the game against mike today you um, did what was the final score Zach? uh i believe it was 39 to 13 we played an itc game um i kind of ran the fuck away with the game um yeah you did. yeah surprised you know what, they were, I, I was from, surprised as honestly. an outside observer it looked pretty much it actually looked like mike was doing really well until you killed his demon prince and then dropped a whole bunch of terminators right behind his he, wizard it was, everything was going mike could have won the game right up until the second that he couldn't have won the game anymore <laughs> yeah. So. yeah it was like oh mike's got this it's cool oh no he doesn't i oh, i had oh, a very oh. strong bottom of turn two yes so. he did and you know top of turn one bottom of turn one top of turn two so <laughs> so um any other games that you guys want to talk about um well i do you know I'm, i am going to plug that uh i'm really excited right now actually not about warcaster which is what you expect i'm going to be talking about right uh, which i will well i'm sure in the future episodes once we actually have the models in hand and we've gotten a chance to sit down and play um we will talk about warcaster at some point I'm really excited about Relic Blade right now, which I don't know. I know I've talked to Mike about it. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It sounds familiar. <laughs> so Relic Blade is like this super small scale. You play it only on a two by two. Um, you have a band of about four to five dudes. Okay. Um, but they just had their Kickstarter for their uh, new second edition starter box, which has comes with eight models, all the tokens you need, and some scenarios. Um, but... It's just this very interesting, dynamic, small game that is entirely the product of one guy. And by entirely oh, wow. the product of one guy, I mean he writes the rules. He did, I think he did the art for the rule book, and he sculpted the minis. Jeez. The only thing he did not do is actually paint the minis. He con he like hired a, a, a guy that he sent the, the samples to to paint them for the pictures for the rule book. But this guy 
he does it all and and apparently like he literally just has it all in his garage and whenever I bought the rule book from him there's like a, a, a drawing in there of one of the undead characters because that was one of the factions I picked up when I bought the rule book and like a thank you a personalized thank you to me for buying the book yeah that's pretty lit that's yeah that's and cool. he's 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 just really cool really approachable um but the it's getting I'm about to the point where I could actually start getting into the table which is part of the reason why I uh I'm plugging it now is because I'm gonna try and get you nerds to play as well <laughs> but um it's just it's a cool dynamic little fantasy game which um, I'm finding myself more and more attracted to those small scale games because space limit and time limit sometimes that's what you need as opposed to the big right. army game which yeah. I love the big army games but then like being able to sit down and play a game in you know half an hour to an hour in a very small space is really appealing yeah cool from Orlando who does there all the state videos the what? There's a guy on Facebook. Oh, wait, we're recording. So, so we're going back in the hobby progress. Uh, what have you guys been working on? Um, so honestly, uh, I've been made very little progress since I finished painting my last Warband for Warcry and my last Necromunda game because I'm about to start uh, AdMech. Uh, but literally, my most hobby progress has been organizing my hobby room because, like, I just bought a whole bunch of pegboards so I could like put my airbrush and shit on the wall nice. and give me nice. room to work in. And I just built a, whole, built a whole bunch of storage cases so that way, I say a whole bunch, like built two storage display cabinets so the stuff that's finished can get out of the hobby room and be where we can show off my wife's painting because she's much better at hobby than I am. Ah, all right. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I know um, in the last week I've actually had kind of a little bit of a bender. I, know I touched on this uh, briefly, but my big quarantine goal was to go back through my world eaters and... Uh, Specifically, my berserkers to make them all what you see is what you get. I play them as a chain axe chain swords, um, and they were not like that as models at the start of quarantine. But I went back in and took parts from about 46 or so of them and made 29 berserkers that now are correct. So, in the last week, knowing that I was going to play Mike, um, I've taken all those from a preliminary basing stage up to fully complete, with the exception of basing. So yeah, um, quite a bit actually on my end. So I need to base those, but I also have a stupid amount of stuff piled up and that is on the way. Um, I've got rubric marines. I've got just all kinds of zinch stuff. Um, the big things that I'm excited for, um, Fabius Bile and Igor or whatever Naturally. the little. Yeah, no, is, is this the new Fabius? That is the new Fabius. Oh, that model look, that, I, Dude, I, it's sick. It's it, great. I have no interest in playing that faction, but that model is nice. It's a great kit. Um, um, I think the faction does have some play. That was probably something from Meadow. We can cover that later, but um, or in a later episode, probably. Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to painting up Fabulous Bill, aka Dr. Frankenstein in space, and Igor. Um, then I also got a couple of Forge World models that I am very excited for, specifically the um, Night Lord Legion Praetor and the Night Lord Legion Praetor in Terminator armor. And I got those yesterday and assembled them. I'm looking forward to building those along with a couple of Terminators that I'm going to turn into Night Lords as well. So I'll report back. I actually did just realize when you talk about some of the stuff coming up, um, in the next couple of weeks, I, we haven't gotten a ship date, but it's supposed to be happening early July. I'm about to have a shit ton of Warcaster because I went a little stupid with that Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I literally got the, the all-in, so I have three full armies over the course of like two months. But yeah. I, I don't know what's in the first July shipment. 
beside from the basic starters for the two armies and a few extra models. So getting that ready to like present to other people to demo the game is probably going to be, it's going to be between that and my ad mech. Nice. So that's nice. a lot of stuff. Yeah, for me, um, right now I've been, so I've been, uh, I'm waiting on my Galver back mm -hmm. from Forge World. Uh, so that's taking forever. Um, what are you going to do with those Galvor back? I'm going to actually proxy them as possessed. There you go. That's what I did with mine. And I stole that idea, I believe, from Mark Perry. So yeah, I mean, credit to him. Those possessed models are but ugly. Stupid looking. We'll just add it to the list of, hey, GW, fix these models. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be like that's it's gonna going. Be an, that's gonna be an episode. We need to put that in the log. Like, what G GW needs to unfuck <laughs> aside from their rules. No. Um, but basically, I did do a little bit of conversions. I have a Death Watch army. I was making them WYSIWYG, so putting storm bolters and storm shields yeah. on the veterans because that is the only viable way. And I say this viable loosely with <laughs> Death Watch uh, is the only way to make it so that it's actually worthwhile to play Death Watch with the veterans. Um, I'm also 3D printing Raptor shoulder pads. So I haven't found any good providers of Raptor shoulder pads. So I kind of modeled my own and it's going on the side and I'm painting up my Raptors so that I can sell my Raptors and get that off the table. Because to be honest with you, I'm not going to play any Space Marines uh, really at all. Um, so just getting those ready so that I can sell them to somebody who actually will use them because mine are just kind of they're just sitting there gathering dust and I'm not really into them. So that's really all I've been working on. And I, I did base coat some stuff just before our game's at because I've got so much, you know, primed new plastic that just needed to get a little bit of color on it. <clears throat> but other than that, I mean, that's really it. The hobby progress wise, I've been, uh, I'm a big 3D printer. So I've just been doing terrain pieces that I find uh, that are creatively licensed so I can just print them. Um, did some walkways for Necromunda, you know, did a couple of, uh, you know, thermic reactors, things like that. Just, just scatter terrain that you can kind of throw on the board. So it's been, you know, it's, it's productive, especially since I'm working from home during COVID. I'm just basically running my 3D printers um, the entire time, just printing bits and things like that. So it's cool. It's cool. I'm having a good time with it. Um, yeah. So good work, everybody doing something. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is my favorite segment. I don't know about you guys, but this is my favorite segment where we talk about all the screeching nerds online <laughs> and we go into the salt mine. So um, I, as a Tau player, I feel like I have to talk about this because I think it was so great, so hilarious. And I say I'm a Tau player because that's all I've played up to this point. I'm still new to the game. Um, and I know that Tau Overwatch Greater Good is the bane of many an army's existence when they finally think they're going to charge into these guys and get shot off the board when it's not even the shooting phase. So one of the rules previews for 9th edition when they rolled, that they rolled out was the changes to Overwatch. Hey, we're going to cost a CP to Overwatch. And everybody was like, huzzah, suck it, Tau. <laughs> and uh, like... That lasted for what, maybe a week? It was a week between when they showed that change to when they did the Tau faction focus. And then the yeah. Tau faction focus happened. You're like, oh, that thing about it costing a CP, that's for everybody. Except the Tau. Except <laughs> At which point, um, several threads on my uh, Facebook feed went absolutely insane about how broken the Tau were. And just like, 
losing their shit. See, and I think yeah. that the main reason that this is in the salt mine is because, like, what the fuck did you expect? Yeah, it's that's ex- that's exactly and it. Like, like, what do you think they were just gonna break one of the more popular armies in the game in their like signature move? Like, come on, guys! Literally, the think only the yeah. only way that this would have stuck with Tau is if they were gonna give them some major rules overhaul. But this isn't the addition yeah. to do that. And I think I think it's also important to note that with this change that's taking away taking Overwatch away is just an inherent ability for everyone. The Tau are gonna see a points increase as a result. Like GW is gonna factor that in. They're not perfect at rules, and I know I'm gonna consistently take jabs at them for their rules writing, but they've been doing this for like, you know, how like forty fucking years now. They're they're gonna increase the points on it. All right. Well, and so and not and it's not like Tau are gonna be the only ones that get Overwatch. I bet every army has a unit that gets Overwatch. Yeah. They, Some they, more than others. They I made mean, it very clear that the base rule was Overwatch costs the CP. And even in the initial Overwatch thing, they said some units are going to interact with this rule differently. Yeah. Um, I just, like I said, it, unless the faction focus came back and said, we're making Tau the mobile shooting army, we're, we're making their ballistic skill better to compensate for the fact that they can't greater good anymore. Well, that this was the only only course of action. I think even whenever I messaged Mike initially when they said they were changing it, I was like, oh, sucks to be Tau. And Mike was like, wait till we update the rules and or wait till we see a little bit more. And the first thing they did was say, oh no, it doesn't suck to be Tau. Tau is exactly where they were before. And then yeah. the fact that like the screeching there is just like, fuck. Like he was waiting. He's like, that guy, John, over the store with his Tau arm. I'm going to, can't wait to kick his ass in ninth. It's like, Okay, no, that's not happening. Yeah. Well, why don't you, like, I don't know, hashtag get good nerd and like <laughs> learn how to like beat Tau even though they have Overwatch. And Ugh. come on. I mean, that's why Warp Talons, and I know I'm a Chaos player, so this is what I go back to, but that's why Warp Talons are good now because they deny Overwatch and they're still going to deny Overwatch in ninth because it's on their data sheet. So bring them and, you know, just freaking deep strike them in, turn two, 10 of them across 20 inches of the board and just multi-assault the entire goddamn Tau gun line and just have a hilarious time. <laughs> and that's really the thing. It's like, Jesus, just... And people get so upset because it's not their army that's getting the special, you know. Yeah, every, every army has their gimmick, you know. Every army has a thing that they're good at. Um, to expect that the Tau, what they were good at was going to go away was... Um, Foolish hubris at best. Yes. Yeah. To, to sit <laughs> and, there and expect them not to do anything at all. And if the Thousand Suns are any indication, hubris doesn't go well for you in the 41st millennium. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. I'm going to call a nerd alert on myself for that one. So. <laughs> yeah, that was, pretty, that was pretty fucking nerdy. I'm going to tell you. Cool. So, putting us in the cool stuff, um, I'll start that one out. So, I actually just found a cool stuff. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, the board game. Nice. Uh, and I a, am intrigued. It's a team game, right? So you play as Otacon, Snake, Meryl, or... Uh, forget who the... Cyborg Ninja, Gray Fox. <clears throat> and it's supposed to be the Shadow Moses. Okay, that was, that was so my next question. So they, it's got uh, Psycho Mantis, Sniper Wolf, all of the bosses that you play. And if you grew up on that game like I did, I grew up on Metal Gear Solid. I played that game so many times. I loved it. I bought this thing. This was not a buy for me. And I bought the day one edition, which gives you the tank and the hind D. Um, super, super cool sculpts, super cool mission status. So it's basically four player co-op with AI controlled bosses. And oh, minions. nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be super cool. 
So I'm looking forward to, I have not gotten the notification that it's shipped yet, but when it does, I will be squeeing with joy watching that <laughs> thing move its little dot across the country <laughs> to my home doorstep. So just, just a real cool thing. Uh, and I also ended up picking up um, a couple of Imperial Assault uh, expansions. And I was hanging out with Zach, and we found a box of Forbidden Stars oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for really cheap at a game store. Uh, mm -hmm. that was being resold and I was able to scoop that up so some pretty cool finds for me this recently yeah I'm uh for my cool stuff I've got a few kickstarters that are about to ship and some that are just like making progress despite everything so obviously I, I plugged it earlier but I'm going to talk about uh, Warcaster which um, it's an interesting take on how to handle a fan a futuristic war game it's got alternating activations mm. there's no the rules basically have a lot of resistance to being tabled so that idea of i'm gonna get shot off turn one is very much not there because you're constantly redeploying or your units um hmm. in a way that makes sense for the fluff and i'm just really excited because that's at the time of this recording uh where they're supposed to start shipping uh sometime in early july and we're at the end of june so hmm. i'm about to have a metric ton of those uh, models um the other thing that i'm really excited about is called obsidian protocol it's a kickstarter that i did uh, maybe it was last summer. Uh, it's a, this new company. They're uh, operating out of China. It's like a, some guys that, when they were in university in China, started designing their own mech war game. Nice. And they have done all of the modeling themselves. The rules look super interesting. And the models, what, what, one of the things I'm interested about is the models are designed to be magnetized very easily because, like, oh, yeah. you have, like, they have specific hard points so like you have a backpack hard point, you have your different arms, your different legs, and it just, uh, some of the rule systems and interactions there, I'm really excited. And the fact that they're still making progress despite everything that's happened, you know, the, all the problems that uh, China manufacturing faced during their lockdown from COVID is just really cool. And it's gonna be a cool game to look forward to in the nebulous future. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. and. Uh... Another thing I forgot, Frostgrave is releasing oh, its new edition. Yeah, Frostgrave's second edition. Oh, and I'm glad you mentioned that because there was one other thing I wanted to plug. I know I plugged um, Relic Blade earlier and Frostgrave. Well, those guys and a couple of other independent guys just put, put out a magazine called Blaster on DriveThruRPG. Um, basically, each guy, it's um, Gaslands, each game. Oh, shit. Gaslands, uh, Relic Blade. Uh, I don't know if he... he the, it's the Frostgrave guy, but I don't think it, I think it was for Rangers of Shadow Deep, which is his other game. Um, uh, end of, uh, whatever the zombie apocalypse game that uh, Zombicide? Not Zombicide. It's the same. It's a um, Ash from Gorilla Min Miniature Games. Oh, okay. It's his zombie game that he published through As Osprey. But these guys, they all basically put out like he did a Wild West scenario for his zombie game. Um, I think it might be Last Days on Earth um, is the name of the game. But point is. It's just this really solid co collaboration of these indie game guys who are doing some really interesting things that outside that like GW could never do. Like GW couldn't release a game like Relic Blade supported the way that um, Sean has. Um, the the stuff that they, these guys are doing is just interesting. It's a, something to keep an eye on, especially if you're looking for more indie games. That although we like GW, you know they're not the end all be all of the hobby. The thing is that they just. They're the ones that support and they make good business decisions. Oh yeah, they're yeah. they're they're the ones that drive up to me. Uh, the way I look at it is GW. They make a solid game and they make an IP that is has some legs to it. Um, 
they drive forward the expansion of the hobby in a lot of ways. Um, they make it so that a lot of these independent games could exist. Right. But they're not going to make a game like Gaslands. No. That where it's like, hey, let me go buy some Matchbox cars, customize them, and have a cool death I race. I super want to play Gaslands. Gaslands. Oh, I play Gaslands, and I will it? tell you that that game is a riot. Okay. Cool. It I, is. Let's do it. So <laughs> fun. I would love to play Gaslands. Put me down, like, literally. Got, I actually, my wife saw me coming home. I would go to the pharmacy to, like, pick up our prescriptions and stuff like that. And, like, Did oh, you buy a bunch of match, Matchbox? Yeah, in the I pharmacy? was coming home with these Matchbox cars, and she was like, what the fuck are you doing with Matchbox cars? And I'm, like, sitting here bribing my kids. Like, I'm sitting here, like, find me some cool Matchbox cars in your in your collection. You know, and I've got, like, this... I've got an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old now, and they're both digging through because I'm giving this kid, like, a couple bucks for every Matchbox car he gives me that I think is cool, and he's, like, spending it on his Xbox and Fortnite going, yes, yes, you fucking plebe. Yes, give me your fucking money. Like so, it's just so funny to like. It's like, yeah, I'm picking up and, and collecting these Matchbox cars, but it's like, and the lady at the store is looking at me as she scans them across the laser thing, looking at me and just being like, she's like, by the way, I fucking know. <laughs> like, you know, just Wait, I know you. Did she actually say that? No. Or, oh, just, okay. You, you can tell it's like the old lady. You know, she's just looking at you with those judgmental eyes. Nerd. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> But you know what? It's it's so funny because I have learned uh, from the Facebook groups that there people are super rabid about matchbox cars, and so I posted a picture of one that I was about to convert, and somebody was like, "That's a super rare El Camino, like you shouldn't do that because it's worth a lot of money." And I was like, "I found it for a dollar at the Walgreens," and some guy just like lost his mind in the comment section because I guess he'd been looking at it for a while. I ended up shipping it out to him <laughs> just for like, he, he Venmoed me like 20 bucks. And I was like, here you go, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And I just like dropped it in an envelope and he got it. <laughs> but God, Gaslands is super fun. It's really cool. Uh, I love it. I have both the books. I have Gaslands and then Gaslands. Well, uh, we, we definitely need to play it because it's one of those games that I'm like, I would love to play it. But my big problem is my wife, she likes to paint. She has generally the only game she's enjoyed that I put in front of her for like miniatures hobby games has been Warcry. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Age of Sigmar she bounced off of I know she would bounce off of 40k she has a kill team I'm not even trying to get her to learn kill team right um, yeah and the, the whole thing is like basically just each each little sponsor has a different little faction like some of the guys are like really good at like ramming and like some some can only take like sports cars or, or performance cars Sweet. because they're like the fast trick drivers and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that so it's pretty cool and we'll maybe we'll cover it in another segment but not derail the whole thing about yeah. it um, but Frostgrave, I think that's Jonathan McCormick's game. Uh, that sounds correct. I'd... I think that's his name. Let's check real quick. I actually think it's... I'm going to insert my cool stuff really yeah, well, quick well, because well, I, I, am, I am woefully unprepared and don't have anything for cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So they've got me covered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's sure jo- Joseph cool. McCullen. Joseph McCullen. I'm sorry. I'm going to edit that out probably. Yeah. So but, uh, Frostgrave 2nd Edition, cool game by Joseph McCullen. Yep. That's that's a super fun game, and I have actually started uh, modeling my own wizards and minion sculpts for that game. Uh, so I'm gonna start, you know, kind of making. Is those that part and... of Gloomhaven? No, no, it's no. Not. It predates Frosthaven. It predates. I'm pretty sure it came out. Bef- the first edition came out well before Gloomhaven. Okay. The, but it is very much like the whole thing is Frostgrave is this frozen over city. That okay. used to be this magical powerhouse, and now you have all these wizards who are basically organizing warbands to go and steal stuff. 
So you make a wizard, and then you Sweet. make his you make his little crew of dudes who are disposable. Maybe he has an apprentice. Maybe he doesn't. And you go into this frozen city and just fight weird stuff. Yeah, no. like as it thaws, like you get more and more stuff Sweet. coming out of the woodwork, and and then you're competing with other people because you want these ancient relics. Yeah, very fun. Um, I think it's on a three by three or a four by four. I believe. I th- or it, it may not even... I think it's. I think the default is actually 3x3. Three three, right. But he's like, if you play on the bigger size... I know it's the same thing with Relic Blade. Relic Blade's a 2x2, two two, but uh, Sean, uh, the guy who made uh, Relic Blade, said, oh, if you play on a bigger board, just deploy further in so that you're... Because they, they take the idea of let's start as close to being engaged as possible. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for my hobby stuff. You good? Yeah, I think I'm set, man. I think, or, uh, I think cool we've got. Stuff. I think we've covered all the cool stuff. Yeah, basically anything. It's it's There's, hard right now with COVID nineteen. Every time. everything else that we didn't talk about is lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we forgot anything, you feel free what? to screech at us. Like I just thought about something, and I can't even. Play it's too game, late. I already but, declared it's lame. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a guy, and I can't even remember the dude's name, but uh, there's a guy up in Jacksonville that's doing like epic armies. Like the oh, old Epic oh, like 40K. Old, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like printing those out. And, you know, Mike, I'm sitting here staring at your two printers, so I'm sure that you can do it too. But I, I think that that's really cool, you know, the kind of proliferation of the ability of people to produce oh, their yeah. own stuff. The, um, the 3D printing, and we had talked about this before, the idea that like, so Hero Forge had a Kickstarter. Right, yeah. Did you see that one where they can print in colored plastics and resins? I did not know that. I've I have ordered two... Hero Forge models before, and I think they're awesome that you can customize well, so much. So they like, they recently, and by recently, I mean like within the past, I think six months. Okay. I, I, I didn't contribute to the Kickstarter, so it's just like, oh, that's cool. But it's basically this new technology where they can print in different colored resins so that your model basically comes pre-painted. But it's not like that, oh, I, this is a pre-painted board game mini. It's kind of like factory painted by somebody who's painting 17 million of them in a row. Yeah. The actual printing process is different colored um it's just it's a sign of where the the tech is going and the proliferation of it in the future is gonna you know be a major thing for the hobby you know like mike was just saying he's 3d printing models for frostgrave because you know he can and it's and it's actually frostgrave initially was a miniature agnostic game and there's plenty of games out there where like here's the rule book go find miniatures for musketeers and you can play a game that's you know swashbuckling with magic cool yeah. go yeah and i actually probably will put those designs on our website um and you can download them if you want them if you think they look cool it's just i kind of thought you know i don't and, and some people do this and i've seen it a lot online i'm not i've i've thought about it and i'm not really into it but a lot of people will 3d print other games miniatures i don't think that the resin 3d printing technology is necessarily there yet i i have put a couple of models out um and showed them and you have a hard time telling the difference for sure um but that's not really kind of my my thing um but i do think that there is an absence of other miniatures for other games so i'd like to kind of like it's I said, cool to fill the void with that like i said there's a ton of, of miniature agnostic games out there osprey right. games specifically has a huge line of books um and sometimes it's like um there's a i know that they're going to be publishing or they at least the original plan was they were going to be publishing a mecha post-apocalyptic game that was not the idea was that you would go buy like gundam plastic kits or mechs from other games like hey i just bought a tau crisis suit with a little bit of conversion it's now a mech for this game 
and all that matters is the base size. So you don't, right. as long as you base it on the correct size for for the scale that you're playing at, right? They, it's intended. To, they're not selling you models. They just want to sell you the book once and be done with it. So those those sorts of games, I think, the more we see three D printing technology spread, there'll be more of a place for those games. Well, that's it for us here at uh, Tabletop Dropouts. Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take it easy, guys.